Hi guys, welcome back to The Couple with Cheryl, your favorite podcast on single parenting where we give life hacks on absolutely winning at all things single parents. Now, speaking about winning, we're still on the series, getting back out there, where we give practical steps to not just getting back to relationships, but also to getting back to being financially stable, about being mentally stable and emotionally stable and just everything to ensure they're in the best possible position to raise your child, especially if they're just coming out of a bad breakup or some other circumstance that led to that. All right, so we still have our guest from our previous episode, Patrick Sugrath, my dear friend, colleague, life coach, media consultant, as well as a business consultant. I call him a business mogul. I'm so excited to have him back on the episode. Hi, Patrick. Hey, good to have you here. Always a pleasure to be here. You're looking absolutely gorgeous. Oh, thank you, Patrick. You don't look so bad yourself. (laughs) All right, so we're going to get cracking. Now, in our previous episode, you guys so much on how important it is, you know, for single parents, especially mothers, since we're in the majority, to be able to motivate themselves, you know, give themselves that pet talk, and just basically own, you know, their emotional space. And as great as that sounds, as amazing as those um, suggestions were, it can prove a bit challenging, you know, when paired with the realities of raising a child. Now, what do I mean? Um, Typically, when you have a whole family unit, father, mother, and children, you know, children can be a bit of a handful, especially when they're younger. So um, there are certain expectations that you tend to place on yourself as a parent. And then when you're not meeting up, you know, it can take its toll on you. And this is apart from the fact that you are just trying to get yourself right in the first place, right? Now, so I want you to give us practical examples. You know, you talked a lot about it. Um, motivate yourself, you know, talk to yourself, make sure that you're okay. But when paired with the realities of raising that child and everything that comes with it, there are things that, that, that affect you uh, to a large extent. And it bears heavily on the self-esteem of that single parent. So we want you to tell us practical steps that we can take to making sure that, you know, we're, we're, we're solid, emotionally we're solid, you know, our self-esteem is not taking a beating every time we look at ourselves and look at how far we've come with those children that we're responsible for, right? So please tell us step by step. I have a few steps myself, but I want you to open up for us, okay? So let's hear it, Patrick. Okay, thank you once again, Cheryl. Thank you for the privilege of being here. It's always a pleasure to be here. And um, this is an all-important subject. We can't overemphasize how important this is because we're looking at the superstructure of the society as a whole. And um, single parenting is something that um, it affects everybody in every sector. I mean, you could be in the U.S., you could be in Europe, you could be in Nigeria. I mean, everywhere you go, there are single parents. Even in Japan, in some far-flung countries that you wouldn't expect, you still have the phenomenon of single parenting. But talking about practical steps of, um, I don't want to use the word recovery because it's not an illness, but it does involve some certain level of recovery because of the circumstances that may put somebody in, in the space where they are single parents. And unfortunately, the statistics weigh heavily um, against women. And I can I can reel out so many other statistics 
all over, you know, and even distribution of almost every country you can imagine, there are more women who are single parents than the men. And of course, because where we come from, the stigma always is against the women. I've never really seen a situation where a single father, for whatever the circumstances might be, is being stigmatized for being a single father. So essentially, for the purpose of this discussion, we're going to focus a lot more on our women. And also in the last segment, one of the ways, one of the things I said is one of the, the measures I think a single mom can use to recover from whatever trauma she might have gone through as a result of the circumstances that led to her being a single parent, either by abandonment, either by an irresponsible partner, either by death or whatsoever, is like I said, I'm going to say it again, I think it's very important, is to leverage on female relationships. Um, have a, have a click, if you will. I'm so sorry, but no worries. you've been emphasizing on same-sex friendships, uh, female-to-female, male-to-male. Why, though? Why do you think that this is the best way to, to go about it? The reason I say that is because, in my experience, and also due to some statistics that I have come across, women are more understanding of your situation, they are less judgmental of that situation. And being women, they are more disposed to understand the things that you're going through. I'm not saying that you can't have a male friend. You can. But there is a limit to which he can empathize and put himself in your space. To put himself in a situation where he's able to even grasp. You know, a lot of men assume that we know what's or we know how women think. Our ability to know what women go through is severely limited. The truth is, you have to constantly ask. You have to constantly probe before you can almost begin to grasp what a woman is going through in these circumstances. That's why I keep on saying female friendship because I believe that women can better empathize with your situation, being a single mother, I think women are less also judgmental because talking about the, the example I gave in the last um, uh, segment, I told you about a friend of mine who is currently going through that. And naturally, the people who have rallied around her, the people who have come around to help, to show support, to show love, the people who are even supporting her financially and otherwise are all women. I think I'm the only guy <laughs> that reaching out. So it's interesting that you say this, Patrick, because there's this thing that, there's this belief that goes around. Sometimes we women believe it about ourselves as well, that we do better at dragging ourselves down as opposed to lifting ourselves up. So when you, you're talking about female to female relationships, this is interesting. I, I just want to be sure that this is not a one-off type thing that you see. <laughs> it's true. I mean, this, this situation with your friend, is, is, is it the exception or is it the rule? You know, when it comes to female-to-female friendships, you know, what would you most likely be happening? And you know what Absolutely. I'm talking about. I, I, I saw you <laughs> nodding your head. So please tell me, is this what you would normally see? I don't want to believe it's a one-off, Cheryl. I want to believe that... Um, I'm not saying that everybody's going to support you. I, I just think that every woman should have a female support system. 
Um, you are right to a large extent. There is this pull down phenomenon, not just among women actually. There is especially among we Africans, and making it more specific to Nigeria. There is always the spirit of competition. There's always the spirit of oh, I want to be better. I want to be able to. I want everybody to look up to me as the Messiah, and I'm reaching down to them to help them, and I want to always be ahead. Yes, that does exist. But I believe that everybody, no matter how ostracized or isolated you might be, has a small niche, if you will, of good friends that you can depend on. You know, people who you've known over time. So it's not necessarily that they always have, but they, they should have? They should have. They should have. You know, there should always be that one person you can run to, you know, yeah, who you've known over time. And this person has been there and all of that. Obviously, in her particular situation, there are definitely girls that are laughing and say, oh, I thought you were so fly. I thought you were all that. And now, you know, <laughs> you're pregnant and the guy has abandoned you. There are those. There will always be those. Now, these are things that we can't really, we can't really uh, delete them from, from human society. So, I mean, but there are those who will stand by you and who will be with you. Then again, you've got to develop yourself. Because finding yourself in a situation whereby you're a single mom, if you were not doing anything um, tangible in terms of something that can provide resources for you to be able to take care of your child, you've got to wake up then, you've got to be responsible, you've got to take responsibility for yourself and for this child. And that is another way Finding something to do either by way of entrepreneurship or getting a job if you were not working before or improving on an already existing um, source of income and things like that. You've got to become extra creative. And in this activity, as you immerse yourself in this activity, you tend to forget the trauma, forget the pain, forget the disappointment because you're busy, you're focused and you're single-minded on the purpose of raising your child. Okay, I'm going to come in at that, Patrick. Okay. Um, because, you know, just like we were saying in the previous episode, if you're not in the right frame of mind, then you it will be... Let's say you can't necessarily start a healthy new relationship. I think that also applies to, you know, um, finding something to occupy yourself with, uh, some sort of activity that you can immerse yourself in, irrespective of whether it's income generating or not. I think, I think it's... It's difficult to say that one can successfully transition into doing this to get their mind out of, you know, the trauma and get them into the right mind space, right? So we're gonna we're gonna discuss that at length in our next episode. But for the sake of argument, let's come back to um, self-esteem and building that with the right kind of um, circle or group. When you say that single mothers, for instance, should leverage more on female-to-female -female friendships, does it have anything to do with the fact that if she was, um, if she was hanging around a male or a couple of males, um, it now becomes a case of the male moving from supporter and protector to conqueror and so much more? Is it that uh, guys are more likely to leverage on the woman's pain and vulnerability and try and get with her? Is that the reason why? 
more or less, in some regard, because I believe, Cheryl, that a woman going through the trauma of a loss of relationship, a divorce, an abandonment, is not in a particular hurry to be in the company of men. At that point, men are all scum because a man has just <laughs> basically, you know, thrown her life into disarray, you know. And um, even if it, it's a case of uh, death, I still believe that family and same-sex relationships or friendships are the best bet for a woman in, in, that, in that kind of situation. I say so because at that point, you just find men a little bit irritating. You understand? Especially if maybe you really, really love this person and you got pregnant and this person just turns out to be a complete disappointment in terms of, oh, are you sure it's even my child and stuff like that. A lot of women go through that. They are in a committed relationship in their mind, but whoever they are dating is more or less a player or a gigolo or whatever he might be. And the moment they get pregnant, the person turns from who they had pictured in their mind to, to be a gentleman, to be you know, a support system or whatever, and it turns out to be somebody who's irresponsible. At this point, I don't think a woman would be in a hurry to be in male company. And of course, bearing in mind that at this time, you're also at your most vulnerable emotionally. I don't think you want to be with a guy because things can easily go out of hand. Unless you're on the part of self-destruction. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, no, because you have people who believe that yeah. the fastest way to healing is by moving on to the next relationship. Rebounds. We, we all know that rebounds hardly ever work out. They hardly ever go, go well. I, I'm sure you might have some experience in this regard. Uh, yep. Um, Been there, done that. I mean, that Thank you very much. So I, I honestly don't think a woman is in a hurry at that point to be close to a man. Gradually gradually you begin to come out of that. And again, with regard to what you said about the woman not being in the right frame of mind, remember that this is the process. So while you are in company of your close family and your close friends, you are receiving comfort, you are receiving words of affirmation and all of that. It's not you know, right away that you're going to be able to just jump back into the fray and begin to do you know, well at work or whatever. Definitely it will affect you. But that also reminds me about one of the things that make women, you know, exceptional. Women have tenacity. Women have the ability to bring out the lioness in them, so to speak, especially when they are pushed against the wall. When a woman is backed up, I think she, I think she, she springs back even better than, I think she does better than a man in the same situation. Men can crash and crumble and then, you know, go into alcohol or drug abuse or whatever. But women have this, that, I think it's that motherly or maternal instinct about women. The, the lioness wants to protect her cub at all costs. And that is one of the things that really, really stands women apart, you know, because she knows that she has a responsibility for this child and she's not going to make any excuses about that. She's going to reach deep down inside and that's that natural strength, that God-given strength, that is what makes women special, comes to the fore, and she's able to stand up. And that's one thing about women. Women are, of the both sexes, they are the most selfless. 
Because you can have a man who knows that he has children somewhere and he's completely unperturbed and he's not, he's not moved by the fact that, hey, I have children that, that need to be taken care of. But it's very rare to see a woman who will abandon her children or sit down and see her children, you know, sick or hungry and there's anything at all that she can do and she'll just sit back and say, oh, I'm frustrated, I'm depressed, oh, I'm heartbroken, I'm going to leave my children. That's something I, I don't think <laughs> I, I can find. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree. Okay, so we can balance this out. We've spoken a lot about single mothers on this episode of um, dealing with self-esteem and getting your emotional space right. But I want us to talk about what it would be like for single fathers because we have single fathers who are listening to this podcast. So I would like for us to drop a few nuggets for them as well. Now, I'm going to... I'm going to bring you in on this one. I know you're not a single parent, but you have had um, close relations with um, a single father. Talk to us about what his process was like. Uh, what was it for him getting his, his mental and emotional space right? Did he have any self-esteem issues? Um, did he have to struggle? What was it like for him really going through the early stages of single fatherhood? Thank you very much for that one, Cheryl. Um, one thing I want us to um, contemplate is that personalities differ from one person to another. Some people, by virtue of their experiences, their background, their upbringing, they have you know a different way, you know, by which they react to different set of circumstances. But fortunately for me. Um, I happen to have lived with a single father who understood the gap, the historical gap between how we were raised and how children in this present dispensation should be raised. Of course, you know, back when we were kids, our parents' idea of love and affection was by taking care of financial responsibility, so to speak. As long as they have clothes, as long as they're going to school, they are fine. We are parenting. <laughs> there was no real relationship between parents and, and children. Fortunately, um, the person that I happen to be in the same environment with is somebody who was able to, as it were, metamorphose into a split personality of trying to be father and mother to this little boy. Literally his son, he literally raised his son right from uh, infant, infancy up till about five years that he is right now. What I saw was a father that was committed to giving his son the best things in life, not just about material things now, but having a one-on-one -on -one relationship with your child, where your child is able to trust you where your child is able to confide in you, where your child sees you as a role model, not just a parent, where your child sees you as someone who is um, living a life worthy of emulation, giving good examples. He had to go from being a 95 um, normal rat race worker, you know, to crafting out a business for the sole purpose of having enough time with his child, to be able to invest enough time in his child. I'm not going to say that um, 
It's a perfect situation. And it might never be a perfect situation, but it will be better than other circumstances when compared. Wow. That's a, that's a fantastic one. But, you know, it, it only takes someone who was in the right space emotionally to be able to realign their life such that it fits with raising the child. I mean, he took some really grand steps, and those are admirable. But before he got to that point, did he go through any of the motions, or was it just instant for him, you know? Did he have self-doubt? Did he have any difficulties, as you would have with most people? Or he just made the instant switch, and, and, and you know, made his child the center of his world? That's a, that's a very important question, Cheryl. And Truth be told, everybody in this situation is always going to have um, a time when they are not sure of themselves, a time when they doubt and question their ability to, to cope with the situation. It's going to be very stressful because um, childcare here in the U.S. is expensive. We are more fortunate in our setting because we usually have extended family that can come in. Excuse me. We might have our parents that might come in to step in. But here, if you're not in a financial position where you can afford childcare, you're going to be stuck more or less with coping with trying to make a living and also taking care of your child. That was the reason why he made the decision early to, to leave the 9 to 5 and to start a business. Your ability to look away from yourself and focus on the needs of your child gives you better perspective. It accelerates the healing process. So whereas you might still be having, you know, fears of your ability, but when you look away from, you know, your, your disadvantages and your focus is on how can I give this child a better life? You tend to see yourself um, evolve from, from, a, from a state of being unsure, a state of being afraid, because it's, it's scary, you know, the concept or the, or the prospect of being a single parent. It is scary because everybody, no matter who you are, male or female, you need, you need a support system. He was in a relationship. The relationship, you know, ran aground, if you will, and he had already broken up from this person, right? And then discovered that the person was pregnant. And at that time, the lady in question was not ready for anything like, you know, marriage or whatever. So, and she was not willing either to raise the child. <laughs> Matter of fact, in many of these situations, one of these parents may end up looking at the child like a liability or like an annoyance because it appears that this child is coming to mess up my life. I have personal goals and dreams I want to achieve and this is a setback. So the stronger of the two mentally, yeah, <laughs> the stronger of the two mentally is the one that is able to take responsibility and fortunately for this child, his, his dad was in a space where he felt he was ready, he was mentally mature enough to be a father. Because that's also very important. The time in which a person conceives of a child is also that is also very important. When you're on the younger side, maybe in your early teens or late teens or early twenties, 
having a child would look more like you know something that's coming to slow you down or even spoil your life, so to speak. But he was in a, in a situation where he was mentally mature enough to handle fatherhood. He was ready and prepared and excited, as, as a fact, to have a child at the time, regardless of whether the lady in question wanted to be a part of the child's life. He was ready. So that also helps, you know. Mm. Thank you so much, Patrick, for sharing um, your story with us. It's so good to hear from the perspective of a single father, even though the scenario was that of someone who didn't already have a child, but was expecting one. But then it crossed the cross, you know, and it just serves to explain why it's so important that we're in the right frame of mind before we get back on any type of horse, whether it's uh, that of a relationship or just maintain that higher level of inner peace so to speak okay so i'm going to wrap up today's episode by dropping a few tips to boost um, your self-esteem and ensure that you're mentally and emotionally in the right frame of mind because if you're not good in those two areas you will not be able to focus effectively on your child and that's the core of why we're having these discussions all right so all the tips i'm going to drop today hinge on or uh, it's all about self-love right and a fundamental step towards um, self-love is acknowledging psychological pain so you can stop emotional bleeding so don't numb the pain acknowledge it so that you'll be able to stop any form of bleeding because um, irrespective of how you seem to be a single parent you were abandoned if you lost um, a partner to the ugly hands of death or in some unfortunate cases, if you became a single parent by race, um, this is so important. Those of you who went into it by choice don't have to deal with this, but for the rest of us, it's so important that we acknowledge that pain so we can stop the bleeding. Secondly, prioritize self-care and sleep. And it might seem trivial, but it's so important and it will help you love yourself more. Thirdly, praise yourself and avoid negative self now, this is, this is such an underrated aspect that, you know, you don't pay so much attention to. But the truth is that there are times when, just as Patrick, you rightly mentioned, for some women who are trying to get back into dating, coming from that bad experience, one little thing just sets them off and they start thinking, so maybe I'm not actually worth it. Maybe I'm actually too much trouble. Maybe I'm doing too much. I need to slow down when it comes to what my expectations are and these things start to make you reduce your standard and taking any kind of person and I mean it's such a downer yeah I just want to add to what you're saying Cheryl that um, having a healthy sense of self-worth is so very important women tend to put themselves down you know as a result of childbirth childbirth is a beautiful thing it does take its toll on your body but that doesn't mean you should just give up on yourself because the most important thing about you is your mind. It's not your body. And you're also looking for somebody who is going to appreciate you for who you are as a person and not objectifying you, you know, in terms of how your body looks and, and stuff like that. Thank you, Patrick. Very, very helpful. But then here's the thing, because we're dealing with things that happen when it comes to human beings generally. If for any reason you don't have that person that values you, values your self-worth, you don't have that support system, it's on you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. 
so that you can raise your child in the best way possible. So here's what I'll say in addition to what Patrick um, just said. Focus on the many ways you've done right by yourself, first of all, and then by your child. Use that to recognize your own self-worth and your power. And then also um, take a break from everything at times, even from yourself, and just breathe. Focus on the highs, acknowledge the lows of each day, and don't let it get to you. You know, sometimes there's this pressure to be perfect, sometimes for your child, sometimes for yourself, but mostly for the society at large, because everybody's looking. Somehow, their voices just have a way of filtering in, you know, into you and everything that's going on around you. So don't do that. Don't focus on all of that. Just focus on the ways that you have done right by yourself. Take it day as it comes and just breathe, you know. The lows are there so that you can reassess and know what to do and then soldier on. But make sure to celebrate the highs. And when I'm talking about celebrating the highs, sometimes it means going on a vacation. Take a day or two or three. You know, sometimes you find someone to take care of your child for you and just go somewhere so you can see. Just see, you know. And all of this generally just helps to improve on yourself and and help you with your self-love. If you can't love yourself, you will not be able to love your child, who is your first priority. Talk more of any other person. You know, and lastly, I would say, set goals and reward yourself with some indulgences. Okay, you're allowed. <laughs> you know, um, women go through enough already as it is. Don't put additional pressure on yourself. You know, and this is not to say men don't have their own additional challenges and things that they have to deal with as they go on day by day, you know. So these tips apply to everybody. And I believe you feel very thoroughly with this topic. Uh, so at this point, I'd like to say thank you, Patrick. Appreciate <laughs> Thank you so much. Always such a delight to have Patrick here. Um, Patrick is unofficially my co-host for the Getting Back Out There series. So we're going to be continuing that with other aspects of getting back out there in coming episodes. But... Before we continue with that, for our next episode, we're going to be hearing from a single parent. Yes. You guys don't want to miss this one. Most of you know her, but there's nothing like hearing from the person herself. It's going to be a very exciting one because she, she had a very interesting perspective on how she became a single parent and the way she was able to manage it. So I hope you guys tune in for that one. Until then, I'm going to say thank you again so much for listening. Remember, you can always send in your messages. Follow us on our social media platforms at The Couples with Cheryl. And if you want to share your story, we're at C-H-E-R-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com. That's Sherecast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you guys. Until then, remember this. Crooked six, draw straight lines too. All right? See you guys. Bye.